Quick throw left side, has the first down and more up the sideline. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5, touchdown, Houston. There is no offseason for your Houston Texans. Game day is every day. Now, it's Texans All Access. Oh, yes, it is, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, Texans. Mark Vandermeer, John Harris with you. And we are live from the Sports Radio 610 Studios tonight, which is very cool. We don't do this very much, Johnny, so it's nice to be here. It is nice to be here. The only thing that happens, though, is my OCD kicks in. Mm-hmm. I have the worst habit with these microphones. They have these little screws on them oh, yeah. on the side that, yeah. that keep, keep it in place. And you I swear like to you, it? I'll do it 100 times. I'll you'll do like, this. You'll, you'll, you'll look over here. Them. I'll be doing this 100 yeah, times. Yeah, it's just one it's, of those things. Yeah. It's like tennis players. Uh, in between points when they're messing around with the racket. Yeah. It's yeah, yeah. so OCD oh. because it doesn't really need that much attention. You just hit the ball so, once. You didn't dislodge the strings. But there they are like, <laughs> I can't believe how uh, crazy those people must be because you're all alone, right? I, I read Agassi's yeah. book, and it's great because he talks mm-hmm. about tennis is the one sport even more than golf because at least you have a caddy. You are all alone. You cannot talk to your coach. No it's just you and your opponent. It's terrible. Anyway, uh, John McClain is not an opponent. He's from the Houston Chronicle. He's wonderful. And by the way, as we bring the general in, I'm going to remind everybody, I do it every night, that this is not legal all-access. It's Texans all-access. So it's a Texan <laughs> show. We're not talking about the big case and the cases and all of it. Uh, it's a Texans football show, so we're going to talk football. And as we welcome in John McClain, from the Houston Chronicle. General, I don't think I've talked to you for a couple of weeks. In fact, I know I haven't because I was on spring break last week just doing a segment here, a segment there with Johnny as I was on the road. And uh, I, maybe the listeners have missed some. Some have missed uh, your overall assessment of some of the moves, maybe the general overhaul that Nick Casario has done with this roster. Good evening. Uh, good evening, Mark and John. I hope you guys are doing well. And I've been impressed with what Casario has done because it's out with a lot of the old and in with a lot of the new. And he hadn't made any big splash, but he's made value picks. Uh, Only one player has gotten a contract more than two years, and that was a punter. I thought he made a mistake when he cut Brian Anger. You guys know how well he did, but he signed Cameron Johnston to a three-year deal. He has um, all the deals he's redone. Let's see, 25 have been for one-year deals, six have been for two-year deals, and one for three. And it's pretty amazing because some of them won't make the team, a 53-man roster. This time next year, a lot of them won't be on the team. But there are some who have a chance, if they play well and stay healthy, to make more money in a new contract. If you sign a two-year deal and you start and play well, maybe you get an extension next year. Sign a one-year deal and you play well. You're you're going to get a new deal. So I could see I've gone over and I don't know a lot about a lot of these guys, but I've tried to find out. And and Casario's at a competition. He's helped special teams that were already good. You know the Texans always seem to make the return game an afterthought. Well, with Andre Roberts, perennial Pro Bowler, it won't be an afterthought. They already had good coverage teams. And I thought that uh, Casario had lost his mind when he didn't offer a new contract to the greatest uh, snapper in history. And then he came to his senses, and he's bringing back the greatest snapper in history, and that would be John Weeks. Because I thought when they didn't bring back Weeks, 
if the new snapper has one bad snap, he's going to hear it because Weeks has never in 11 years had a bad snap. So a special team should be really good. And they were already a strength of the team. They got a chance to be great. And I think we're going to see at least 10, 11 new starters on both sides of the ball. Competition's going to be tremendous. It's just, man, oh, man, there's so many new players. It's going to be hard to keep up with them. But there's a lot that I'm really interested in seeing, especially eight new linebackers that I think I've counted, four new corners, four wide receivers. And, that, and of course, the most important is Lovey Smith's front seven because they're going from a 3-4 to a 4-3. So a lot of the moves that Casario has made and I'm guessing he's met with Lovey and the coaches about these players. They have got a lot of competition at linebacker other than Zach Cunningham. And I can't wait to see all that plays out. And, of course, they put themselves in a position where they don't have to use that third-round pick on any position. You know, I wrote a con- column yesterday uh, on Terod Taylor being the starter, and I learned it was Terod, not Tyrod. and that he's going to be the starter and um, what that'll mean to the offense, assuming he can stay healthy, but him and Ryan Finley, and I'm guessing they may sign another veteran. And I'm also guessing that Casario was signed an undrafted free agent. So let me ask you guys this. What if he does that? And then, and I don't think it'll be before the draft, but say in the third round, there's a quarterback, say Kyle Trask, say Casario had, and his department have a, second round grade on him, but like Justin Reed, he falls into the third round. Do they take a quarterback there knowing that they don't have to uh, rush him? Now, I think that the Watson trade, everything's on hold. I thought that would be before the draft. So I'm talking about if Taylor and Finley, do you guys see them taking a quarterback with the third round knowing they have other needs, but he signed so many players. It seems like, you don't have to have anybody where you say, I take the top-rated player to need position. I, John, I, I like your thought, and that's what I was kind of was going to get to in a second with you, was they've signed a player, they've signed and or traded for a player at every single position. You mentioned corners. They even split the difference. They've got some outside guys. They've got some inside guys. They've gotten safeties. They've gotten defensive linemen. Obviously, they've added the running backs and wide receivers and linebackers in particular. I don't know if that allows them to completely go, well, we're just going to take the player that's highest on the board. My my gut would tell me that if that's the way they have it graded, I wouldn't be surprised if they did. I don't. I think the quarterbacks beyond Mac Jones probably fall in the back end of round three, not the front end. But then again, if there's a guy you like, if you fall in love with Kyle Trask or Kellen Mond, then go ahead. You've set yourself up in that way that you're going to take the best available player. I just This is not one of those years in which there's kind of this second, third-round quarterback where I'm like, yeah. You never know. know. I, I, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm just saying, if they, grade him, if they grade them that way, then yeah, I've got no problem with them doing it. I just know that I wouldn't do it at 67 with the quarterbacks that I know that are out there. I just think I still believe, excuse me, Mark, yeah. I still believe the top pick 
is going to be a pass rusher or a cornerback because even though they've added a lot of players, you know, you can't add too many good corners. And right now the only one they know is good is Bradley Roby, and Roby's not going to be there for the first game. And when the schedule comes out, you know, what if they have not play in Arizona and you got Kyler Murray throwing to DeAndre Hopkins? And so um, I, those just you, – you got to have four, three pass rushers whether it's an outside guy or it's somebody can get some inside penetration and disrupt the pocket. And, but I'm still, despite all these moves, thinking that's what they're going to do. I'd be really surprised if you took an offensive lineman, maybe take a receiver, although they have a lot of receivers competing for spots uh, with Brandon Cooks right now. If they had to play tomorrow, Randall Cobb and Kiki QT would be the top three receivers so the and Chris Conley caught 40 passes with Jacksonville in a rotation and we've seen him a lot in recent years so they're and they brought in some guys but uh, they still to me you've got to work on that defense well my answer to your question is I think there are too many if when and how questions related to the current starting quarterback to really project yeah. that you know it's all projection and speculation we don't really know but in relation to where quarterbacks are taken. I just think it's so interesting to always look back because here we have Andy Dalton now in Chicago and their social media team, by the way, acted alone in putting out that QB one tweet. I found this out acted alone. They did not get football ops approval. Now we know all about this kind of thing, right? Because we would never tweet anything like that. No, (laughs) without football ops approval. In fact, they would never even want us to tweet anything like that. But they went ahead and did it, and they took a lot of grief for it. But I'm, I'm thinking there's Andy Dalton, a former second-round pick, who you know obviously had an opportunity with Dallas. I know they had so many injuries, and he was going to be roadkill uh, with all the O-line problems they had and everything else last year. But you know they can't wait to get Dak Prescott back in the fold, a former fourth-round draft choice. So you just never know, and that's just one example yeah. right there. But, General, you talked about the competition at various position groups for the Texans. What is your thought on what this offseason program will look like if there's any. There's got to be something. What are we going to get, General? What are you hearing? What's the latest? Well, the union wants it to be uh, virtual again. And, of course, coaches want to be on the field. A new coach like David Culley, he's going to want to be on the field. Uh, We're going to have a 17th game. I'm guessing if they play preseason, it'll be two games and teams may not play their starters. But based on last season, they showed they don't need an off-season program. They don't need preseason other than virtually. Can anybody say this season, the way it developed, Tampa winning the Super Bowl over Kansas City, and everything mm. that happened last season, can anybody say beyond a shadow of a doubt that that team didn't play well because there was no off-season program? You could say that team didn't play well because they lost people to COVID-19 suspensions. I mean, uh COVID-19 protocols, and then also that team didn't play well because of injuries, but you had rookie quarterbacks playing great. Did Justin Herbert miss the preseason? Did he miss an off-season program? No, Joe Burrow didn't either. So the union is going to push for this, and they still have protocols in place. And I also believe this, if the NFL can keep the media – away as long as possible, meaning where we can't go into dressing rooms and interview players like we have for all throughout history to last year, 
they'll continue to do that for another season. But, but I don't think anything's just going to all of a sudden open up and everything's going to be the way that it was. I'm really disappointed that the draft's not going to be virtual because I've been in covered a lot of drafts and last year was the greatest by far. And I know they're still going to do a lot of at-home stuff, but they're still going to do it live with fans and, and teams in Cleveland if they want to be there. But teams are still waiting. As a first-time head coach, Lovey Smith's going to be able to start before uh, the returning head coaches, all the new coaches David can. David Culley, yeah. David Culley, yeah. What did I say? Lovey. Lovey Culley, I said. Yeah, Lovey. No, you said Lovey Smith. Oh, Lovey Smith. (laughs) Well, Lovey too. He's not going to be able to start with the defense. Mm -hmm. But David Culley, as a new coach, will be able to start a week earlier than other teams. But I don't know right now if they know what they're going to be able to do. But they've all proved that they can do it virtually if they have to. John, one of the signings that I don't know if I asked you about last week. I can't even remember if it was official or uh, was even um, in process when I talked to you last week. But when Philip Lindsay became available seemingly from the Broncos, I was like, boy, he'd be a nice piece. You had him in there with Mark Ingram and David Johnson. And even though I like this rookie running back class, maybe you don't have to go get a young guy because you've got guys. Even Lindsay's got some young legs. He's still not a not an older back, even though he's going, I think, into his fourth year. What do you think of the Philip Lindsay signing? And what do you think it means for the running back group going forward? Well, I went back and read everything that I could read in Denver about what they thought about it. And all of them agree. If he stays healthy, he's going to really impress people here. Now he, uh, Johnson and, and Ingram could all be cut. If they find a back like in a deep class that they take, say in the fifth round, and he comes out here like James Robinson did last year, undrafted with Jacksonville. And from day one impresses the heck out of him. You know, any of these three guys or more than one could be gone to make room for a rookie. But right now they don't have to have a rookie. And a good thing about Lindsey and Ingram, along with David Johnson, these guys are outstanding receivers. And it's pretty obvious to me that Nick Casario wants a backfield like he had in New England, multiple backs play and David Culley was at Baltimore multiple backs play and that's what their plan is but if they were to stumble on a rookie free agent or a draft choice I don't see him using a high pick on a draft choice but uh if they were they could make a, a move on this but right now you know I got Buddy Al on there you got uh, uh Dontrell Hilliards on there they have a lot of competition and and they don't need another back. John, with everything they've been through and are going through at the quarterback position, can you discuss the signing of Terod Taylor and how that stabilizes things and your general thoughts on it and your research, what it's telling you about him? Well, I've written a column about him, and, I, and I've written actually two things about him. And number one, um, they have confidence in him because Cully coached him in 2017 with Buffalo when they went and he was eight, six as a starter, missed two games because of injuries. And they ended the playoff drought, but they lost at Jacksonville in the playoffs. And then Pep Hamilton coached him last year with the chargers. And then when he was in Buffalo as a starter for three years, uh, Nick Casario saw him play every game, two games a year. I looked it up see if he missed any Patriots games. He did not. 
Now, in those three years playing with the Bills, who were rebuilding 15, 16, 17, he had 51 touchdowns and 16 interceptions. That's a pretty good ratio. His record was with a rebuilding team, 28-26. He ran for 1,475 yards and 14 touchdowns. So Terod Taylor can run. And I watched last year hard knocks. I've never missed a hard knocks. And Anthony Lynn, the coach of the Chargers, was fully committed to him as the starter. And no matter how much people wanted to see Justin Herbert, he was not going to start. And he didn't start till that doctor stuck a needle and punctured his lung. And Justin Herbert had to start and the rest is Chargers history. So Taylor's had some bad luck with the Browns when he had a concussion that opened the door for Mayfield and then that punctured lung last year. So you hope he can come in and he can stay healthy. It wouldn't surprise me if they don't sign another veteran quarterback. And there's still guys out there. But I'm if Terod Taylor is a really good backup who is capable of starting if the starter gets hurt, it's obvious he's a placeholder for whatever move Casario could make this year or next year. But I think under the circumstances, you couldn't find anybody better, especially since the general manager, the head coach, and the quarterback coach slash passing game coordinator know him so well. John Jadeveon Clowney was in Cleveland yesterday, but he left apparently without a deal. If he ends up in Cleveland, A, do you think he goes through training camp, which he seemingly has never done, and B, do you think he goes to Cleveland, and would it be a good fit for the Browns? First of all, if I am Clowney, and I'm going to be with a fourth team in four years, and I can't stay healthy, and I want to go to a team like Cleveland and play opposite Miles Garrett. You're never going to get double team. Garrett's going to get all the double teams. They got interior players. It's an up-and-coming team. I'll take a one-year deal for $5 million. Clowney's made a lot of money. He needs to go to training camp from day one. He needs to show up in shape, give it everything he's got. We all know he's great against the run. He's a pretty good pass rusher. But if he were playing opposite Garrett, they'd have two former first overall picks in the draft. I can't think of a better situation for Clowney. I thought it was going to work out great for him last year, going to work with Mike Vrabel and Shane Bowen for a team desperate for pass rushers, but he couldn't stay healthy. He didn't have a sack. So hopefully the fourth time will be a charm. I would like to see, and I'm guessing they won't do it, but remember, Bill O'Brien called him right before camp to see if he's interested in coming back. And uh, Clowney, uh, no. And so I'd love to see Casario reach out to him and see what it would take and have him come play in Lovey Smith's 4-3. Play outside. If he show up from day one, he'd have a lot to prove, mainly that he could stay healthy. But he is tailor-made for a 4-3. And Lovey Smith plays a 4-3. So I'd like to see that, but I don't. I can't say I don't know what's going to happen because I have no clue what Casario is going to do except continue to make moves that he believes is going to help the team. Uh, that might make them pretty good against the run with Shaq Lawson and Clowney protecting the edges and stuff like that. We'd see how that would go. You never know what happens. General, what about the Arizona Cardinals here? And I know we have a couple of former Texans of note there and more than a couple, really, when you look at the whole staff and everything, but are you getting a 2017 Jacksonville gets the free agents and has, has a successful season vibe 
or is it like a 2011 Philadelphia Eagles Vince Young dream team didn't work out as planned vibe? Well, it's not a lot exactly a dream team when you're adding players over 30 years old. It tells me that they're making moves to try to capitalize on the improvement they've made with Kyler Murray to go from 5-10-1 to 8-8. Eight eight. They play in the toughest division. But if they hadn't faded down the stretch, they'd be in the playoffs. So they're bringing in experience and talent. And J.J. Watt, A.J. Green, and and uh, looks like Larry Fitzgerald's gone. There's talk now about him going to Tampa and trying to win a Super Bowl. But uh, I like what the Cardinals have done. But they still have some holes that got to be filled. But they're going to be fun to watch. They're just like the Texans with Watson. Even when they lose, they're fun to watch. Cardinals with Kyler Murray, fun to watch. Lamar Jackson, Josh Allen, those quarterbacks. I love watching. I'm mesmerized by those guys. And, of course, Patrick Mahomes is at the top of the list. But uh, that is a tough division for them. Look at the 49ers, first to worst in one year. Now they're trying to get back to first again. John, I know we haven't had the draft, but we've obviously had a lot of free agent movement and changes, et cetera. In the AFC, the Chiefs obviously – I say obviously. I guess the Chiefs are still the chalk. Obviously. Who's the next best team in the AFC? Right now, based on what my hunger factor about teams that that should be hungry, based on what happened to them last year, I would say Buffalo. Buffalo has made significant improvement under Sean McDermott. I was stunned at the improvement Josh Allen made after the way the Texans came back from a 16-0 deficit, and he played poorly Mm -hmm. down the stretch. But then last year, he was great. You know, they 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 were lucky. They got to keep their coordinators. Usually the good teams don't keep their staffs intact, and that's great for McDermott. So with their coordinators returning, I look for them to put a lot of heat on the uh, on the uh, Chiefs. And uh, I'm trying to think. I don't see anybody. Baltimore is always a factor. Cleveland should be a factor. Uh, I don't see Miami or Pittsburgh and any other team from the West, but I, I think it's going to be – Buffalo, Baltimore, Cleveland putting the most pressure on the Chiefs. And isn't that something? The Browns putting pressure on the Chiefs to be the best team in AFC. When, what was it? How many years ago? Three years ago? Four years ago, they were winless. John, I'll probably ask you this question about eight more times before the start of the season. But your thoughts today on the level of improvement, the kind of improvement Jacksonville will make this year as we assume they'll draft Trevor Lawrence and obviously Urban Meyer in his first year as coach, and they've made some interesting acquisitions for sure. He's still a rookie quarterback. He's coming off surgery on his left shoulder, non-throwing shoulder, and he's taken over a team that won one game last year with a 15-game losing streak. And I know people in Jacksonville – or fired up, and they should be. You got Urban Meyer, you got Trevor Lawrence, you got a lot of money to spend in free agency. You got multiple first round, I think multiple, got a lot of draft choices. And so there is a reason to be fired up. But if you're one in 15 and they could go six and 10, that would be a tremendous improvement. People hoping they're going to jump up to have a winning record. Maybe they will, but I just don't see it. First time head coaches, they have a transition period as well. I could see if everything goes according to plan and Lawrence is as good as everybody thinks, maybe in 2022 or three, 
they could give the Titans and the Colts and uh, run for the money. Same about the Texans. I could see, depending on what happens at quarterback, the Texans in 2023 being back. Did we lose the general at the moment of truth? I think what he was going to say was that the Texans were going to the Super Bowl. I'm back. Oh, Oh, perennial contender. Did you? Oh, oh, so you didn't pick the Texans to go to the Super Bowl? Oh, that's what I thought he was going. Okay. This next season, man, they're just they're just right outside. Okay. All right, General. Well, hey, thanks so much for the time, as always. We always enjoy having you on. Mark and John, it's my pleasure. Thank you very much. I appreciate you having me on, as always. And I look forward to talking to you next week. And one more thing. Yep. Sickum Bears. There it is. There it is. Baylor. Yes. Knew it was Sweet there. 16. Hey, Greg Grissom went to Baylor. You better sick him. <laughs> That is true. That is that is very true. And Greg, uh, Greg's good people. Those Baylor people are good people. General, if you know any, thank you. All right, that's the general John McLean. Read his stuff at the Houston Chronicle. Coming up, well, he gave us a name pronunciation, Johnny. So I'm going to have a little lesson in that. All right, Uh, one of the new Texans, and I'll also give you a Texan whose name I'm still not sure how to pronounce, but he played a long time ago. But he played for a while here, and I'm going to get it once and for all. Osweiler? No, Osweiler not that season. one. Not that one. Not that one. Okay. Also, some other stuff going on. COVID-related to the league, as we touched on some of that with John, but didn't get deep on it, as I think it's not too surprising, but it's definitely eye-opening. We'll get to that and a whole bunch of other stuff here on Texans Radio. Can't get enough Texans Radio? We've got shows. We've got podcasts. We've got interviews. It's all on HoustonTexans.com. Welcome back to The Conversation. It's Texans All Access on Texans Radio. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. We're doing the show this evening from the Sports Radio 610 studios. So we've taken the Hyundai Texans Radio studios into Sports Radio 610. Joanna's our producer tonight, doing a great job as always. In fact, Clint and Wade were here moments ago doing their afternoon program here Mm -hmm. as Ron the show is off. But I see his Mad Dog 2020 here. Isn't that his? That's Ron's. I, I thought it. I think he talks about that, and I'm sorry I don't know, but I just, just see that right stuff. there. I've never like, even had it, and it? I know it's vile. I, I, I'm going on experiences. Label. My my friends from back in high school would talk about it, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm like, no, no, that's just bad. yeah. That's that's a real. Uh, is that desperation stuff right there? Never mind. Yeah. So I I mentioned this. So McLean talked about Tyrod Taylor. It is Tyrod, Tyrod yeah. not Tyrod. And I've probably called him Tyrod a billion times. So I'm sorry, Mr. Taylor. It's Tyrod Taylor. Tyrod Taylor. Yep. So let's get that right. Just like it's Jadevion Clowney, right? I still hear locals say Jadevion Clowney. Yeah, Jadevion. And it's Jadevion Clowney. Yeah. There are a lot of pronunciations throughout the city that I, you know, I hear. And I'm like, <laughs> here's one mistake I made. Mm-hmm. Uh, the new linebacker that's coming from the Washington football team. Oh, yeah. Tell KPL. Me. Yeah, KPL. That's what he's going to be. He's going to be KPL. But... I remember there was a player at Florida years ago mm-hmm. who's also Haitian, who his name was Wandy Pierre-Louis. Right. And I, I thought I remembered when he was at Boston College, KPL was, went by Kevin Pierre-Louis, but it's Kevin Pierre-Louis. It's actually just oh, spelled. So okay. it's not, it goes French for the first half with Pierre, mm-hmm. but then it goes to Louis, Louis, like my middle name. So Kevin Pierre-Louis. Your middle name is Louis? Mm-hmm. So 
I call him Kevin Pierre-Louis. I may have done it on Texas 362. I don't know. But I know I did it on the In the Lab podcast. But I was like, you know what? I better look this up. I'm pretty sure. But And then when I looked it up, I was like, hmm, okay. I'm Not wrong. Bad. Kevin Pierre-Louis. Look, it could be worse. Yeah, all right? I think he'll get over it. Yeah, it'll be fine. Uh, it sounds like a, a nickname of sorts when you say it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he'll, be, he'll be KPL. And by the way, Tyler uh, Milner, who produces for Clinton's show, he said, Clint, or I'm sorry, uh, Ron brought it to drink once the Rockets broke the losing streak. And it just oh, so, so he's ha- got to drink it. Yeah, he's got it when he gets back. But I they mean, the started another broken. one. Yeah, the streak was broken when, uh, when Ron was on vacation mm-hmm. this week. Yeah, and I watched the Rockets last night. Actually, I watched, I don't know why. I mean, I hate to say that because I, I do like the Rockets, but mm-hmm. I watched like almost all of that game, and they definitely have some problems. <laughs> this is my professional this assessment. In, this, just this is my professional assessment, Johnny, of the Rockets. They definitely have some issues, okay? And of course After halftime, I was like, what? Oh. what? What just happened? This was a close game. Anyway, I, I wish them the best, and they traded Oladipo today. Anyway. Uh, but let's get to this now. Oh, I, I mentioned Jadeveon Clowney. Mm-hmm. Uh, that was one of the most mispronounced names of any Houston sports figure. Mm-hmm. Uh, Craig Biggio was another one. People saying BGO when it's really Biggio. But the Texan, I promised this, that, um, you know, I, I I don't know if I ever really got it right, was uh, Moreland Greenwood, all right? I think it's the linebacker. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's it's the, the players used to say Marlin, like Marlin. Like I just caught Marlin. him. No, it's M O R, I think. L O N. I always thought it was Marlon Moreland. I I always knew it as Moreland Greenwood. I mean, I might have called him Morlon a couple of times and you know, it was just one of those one of those um Yeah, Morlon know, Greenwood. Yeah. What is it? Moreland? M O R L O N. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Great dude, uh, when he was here. And uh, you know, I don't know what's happened afterwards. I don't even know if he was at that Andre Johnson uh reunion of sorts when they put Andre yeah, in the yeah. Ring of Honor. Uh, that was a great Texans player reunion as so many guys came back. It was great to see them all. Greatest Texan name of all time. I know it right off the top of my head. Who? Mr. Alexander. Yeah, all right. That's, that's, yes. You have to achieve a certain level of play yeah, to, yeah, uh, to have kinda. that honor, if you will. Kind of. Yeah. Oh, I'll tell you a name we, that mm-hmm. nobody ever got right. Sunil Calamete. Nobody. It was hard to get right because... Sunil. I don't know. Like, I, I, I don't want to... I think the PR department told us, I don't know if they told us right away. I think it was pretty close to right away. But when he joined the team, you and I interviewed him almost right away after he was signed. Right. And we called him Senio, I think. Yeah, the whole time. And he didn't say a word about it. And then a couple of weeks later, we got the word, it's Senio, guys. So they might have known right away, but, you know, no one corrected us or whatever. Maybe they didn't hear us say it. So I'm not sure. But that, uh, he's no longer with us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, not no longer with us on planet Earth, Just but not no playing football with the, with the organization. I don't think he's been picked up anywhere. Some of the some Texans and Nick Martin went to the Raiders. Mm-hmm. Will Fuller went to the Dolphins. Brent Scarlett to the Dolphins. Um, I'll tell you one that I saw the other day, Mark. That I my heart went out to him because I felt like when the Texans signed Lamar Miller, that he was everything we really wanted in a running back, but he just wasn't used the way I think the Texans wanted to use him because they really didn't have a, a complimentary back to go with him. A workhorse back. Yeah, they didn't really have a guy that could take some of those carries really away from Lamar. And Lamar just had – I use this analogy a lot. I was like, he's a, he was an F-150 truck, or he was used like an F-150 truck when really he was kind of a 
He was, was like kind of Marty McFly's truck in Back to the Future, like a little sporty truck. Yeah, yeah. And they used him to haul big stuff around, right. like an F-150. I'll never forget when we went to Mexico City. Mm-hmm. He had in that game, I think, against the Raiders, 24, 25 carries. Caught it a couple Ooh. times. And in Mexico City, they had that big ramp. We've talked about that before. Oh, gosh. The ramp to get from the field to the locker room was – it was an – it's it hard to explain. Bear. It was so bizarre. Yeah, it was. I, yeah, I don't even know that I can. I can put it in geometrical terms for you, but that just doesn't make a lot of sense. And I'm telling you, he was beat up. And I just, we, we were coming off the field at the same time, and as we're going up the ramp, I was like, "Here, just give me your stuff and put your hand on my shoulder." And literally, like, just kind you of carried guided, stuff, guided him up the ramp because it was that severe. But I, I feel for Lamar because he just. I felt like he was on the verge in 2019, like, okay, we got Duke coming in. Duke Johnson with Lamar Miller. This is going to be pretty good. The line is going to come into, you know, it was really going to round the shape. We traded for Laramie. Now I know he got hurt before the Laramie thing, but right. had he stayed healthy in 2019, I think Lamar would have shown a lot of people what he could do. And I think he would have been even better than Carlos Hyde was. And Carlos went over 1,000 yards. Carlos was very, very good. I think Lamar might have might have been even better in 2019 had he not gotten hurt at the beginning of the year. But... I think it's Washington where he ended up. I think Washington football team is where he's going. But that's one that, you know, about regrets. I mean, there are a lot of uh, regrets, I suppose. Um, a few players that left that I wish didn't. But that's one I, I, I feel really bad for Lamar because I feel like he was on the verge in 2019 of really like, okay, he's going to be used the right way because Duke is here. They play him together. They can do different things with them. Yeah. I think with Laramie being added at the offensive line, man, this is okay. Here we go. Lamar's going to have a good year, and then Dallas, like, pfft. From a team standpoint, it worked out with Carlos Hyde. Yeah, it did. It you know, did. had a 1,000-yard season, no looked doubt. good, ran angry, as we like to say. And by the way, Johnny, you're so good at remembering this stuff. Miller had 24 carries in the game in Mexico City against the Raiders for 104 yards, 4.3 per carry. I mean, that was workhorse stuff for a guy who's not really considered to be a workhorse back. Altitude. In the altitude. In the altitude. Yeah. I'm telling you, those guys, my goodness, those guys at the end, both on both sides. I Ooh. see the 24 carries, and I'm thinking, geez, you know, you might win that game, right? Mm-hmm. But you didn't. Osweiler threw it a lot that night, which is not a good thing for Brock to throw the ball a lot. Also, not He good. threw it 39 times and threw a pick. That was not the formula. Yeah, that not, was not the no, formula. The formula was... <laughs> Brock, throw it like 20 times if yes. we can help it and run the ball a ton. Yeah. Uh, but clearly that night was tough, and Derek Carr was phenomenal that night with three touchdown passes, and Ugh. the rest is history. That trip would have felt a whole lot better with a victory, obviously, but it didn't go according to plan. Look, I think that's that's one of them, but it worked out from a, steam, a team standpoint, and I think Miller, yeah. it's funny how you know he's with, what, Washington now? I think it's Washington. Yeah. yeah. I, I thought that's worse. It's, it's how Washington about they might the keep that name, the non-name? It's not They're going to keep it. Is that official? They're going to keep it? It is Washington. I, I heard the other day, just following their, their Twitter feed and a few people that follow them saying, yeah, they're going to, they're, they're planning on keeping it. Not set in stone, but they're mm-hmm. planning on keeping it. I thought, mm. I just don't like when they're listing team stuff on various websites yes. and they say football team. Right. Just say Washington or Wash. Yeah, it's like Giants versus football team. Like, yeah, don't ah. say football team. Just say Washington. Just allow them to have the city 
as their name mm-hmm. at all times. And then when you have to refer to them as the whole thing, it's the Washington football team. I mean, I could see if I was their announcer, I'd touchdown Washington football team. I could really see stretching it out and making it dramatic. Yeah, you, know? you can make it fun. Yeah. You can have fun with that. But I wouldn't say touchdown football team. That sounds ridiculous. Right. It's right. like generic products at the store. <laughs> Green beans. Yeah, exactly. French fries. And then it sort of it's it reads weird too. Yeah. The football team beat the Giants 27-26. It doesn't yeah, doesn't read the football right. team. Right. Uh whenever right. I see WFT uh, my eyes kind of see yeah. WTF, and right. I'm thinking, eh, it doesn't look right. Something's wrong here. Something's very wrong. All right, I promise to get to that COVID stuff, and we will, uh, regarding the league, the draft coming up. How's that going to be? The general talked about last year being the best draft he ever covered as far as just Ooh. coverage of it. Uh, that sounds notable to me. I wanted to explore that a little bit. A few things on the way out here. It's Texans Radio. Texans All Access continues in a moment. You're listening to Texans All Access. For the latest stories and videos on your Houston Texans, check out HoustonTexans.com. All right, we're at the Sports Radio 610 studios. Mark Vandermeer and John Harris with you. The Hyundai Texans Radio Mobile Studio. Johnny, pro day today at the Nittany Lions. And people wonder what a Nittany Lion is. There's Mount Nittany and a lion on Mount Nittany would be a Nittany Lion. And I think they call all the teams, men and women, the Nittany Lions now. When I was working there for a time, a long time ago, mm-hmm. <gasps> a long time ago, uh, they were the Lady Lions. I was the voice of the uh. Lady Lions basketball team. And they were number one in the country when I was there. But they flamed out in the tournament early. Just That happens. Yeah, Penn State had a pro day today. Holy smokes. So a couple of guys ran really fast. That are big. And they're defensive players. And you could put either one of these guys. Now, Mika Parsons is a guy, if you follow college football at all, you should know that name. He opted out in 2020 mm-hmm. because the Big Ten was in, and they're out, and they're in, they're out, whatever. Oh, that's so he right. Decided, so he decided not to play. He's 245 pounds. He ran a 4.35 today. Jay Snowway is a defensive end. He's 6'3", 257 pounds, I believe. Mm-hmm. He ran a 4.36. What? Johnny, let me ask you this about pro days. Yeah. Are we getting 40-time inflation here Well, here's or the, deflation? Here's the thing, and, and I, I read this. I can't remember where I read this, but I read this today. There apparently is a – there's a scout at each pro day that is responsible for providing the official – I got air quotes like Joey Tribbiani um, – official time. Mm-hmm. So – the way Pro Day works, you got all these scouts there, and they're all, you know, got their stopwatches, and they're all like, oh, man, 439, 436, and they kind of look at each other, what'd you get? 435. Four, right. I got 469. Whatever. You know, they're and all, they're eyeballing it. I mean, yeah, they're just, you know, you know, old school kind of stuff, but that's what some teams rely on. Some teams rely because they've got How can that be remotely? We're talking about tenths of a second. Yeah, I mean, and some, some teams will take a Pro Day number. Okay, and they'll say, "Okay, we've been studying this for a long time. We feel that he's not quite a four three six guy. Tack on point one, point one two, but he's really fast. That's a four four eight still. Yeah, if, if you I would always that. add a little bit just to be safe. Yeah, I think, that's and you see true. what the tape says because we always yeah. talk about guys who are really fast, but they might not play fast. Yeah, because these pro day numbers now, Parsons, mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Real deal. If we still had pick number three. <laughs> really? Holy cow. He's mm. a he's a wrecker. I mean, he is a game record. Who has that pick again? Don't tell me. I remember. No, 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 no. And by the way, what about that story today? Who was it? Kyle Van Noy? Was that him? Praises. I just saw the headline, and I haven't read the story. Praises Bill Belichick says no comment on Brian Flores. Oh, well, he was asked. He was asked, Van Noy, hey, the difference between Brian Flores, Patriots defensive coordinator, and Brian Flores, Dolphins head coach. Oh. And he said, no comment. Interesting. Very to much say so. the least. I thought Van Oy would be a guy when he was released mm. from, he had a four-year contract. And then after a year, whew, they're releasing him. I thought, ooh, good. That's a guy we, I think, yeah. you know, Nick knows him. They have his phone number. Yeah, he would be successful. But he decided to go back to New England, and as, a lot, as a lot of people did. A lot, a lot of guys decided England was their spot for 2021. And I thought it was interesting listening to Cam Newton talk about Bill Belichick. You know, here's a guy that spent one year with Bill and was like, hey, I think y'all got it wrong on Belichick. He's as fun a coach. He's as fun a coach and as good a coach as I've been around, but he is fun to be around. Yeah, y'all giving him a bad name. Like, Cam really talked up Belichick, which I was like, okay, interesting. Um, but hearing Van Oyd say, yeah, I'm going, I'm going back to New England, I thought that was – I was hoping he'd come here. Vanoy is one of my favorite players to have studied over the years in the draft because he did so much. He was so – he was just different from a lot of guys because he could play a lot of different linebacker positions. He goes to Detroit to start. It was like, oh. Then he goes to New England, and they found the right buttons to press. And I thought, oh, he's going to go down to Miami. He's going to kill it. Didn't work. He played through some injury. And then Flores is like, eh, it's time for you to go. After a year, he was incredulous about it, which I was too. But I thought he might end up with us. But he ends up going back to New England, um, and good luck to him, just not in the one game that we will play against them here at NRG Stadium in 2021. How about this story that the NFL is not going to make vaccines mandatory or vaccinations mandatory, but they will incentivize them. So you'll have, Mm. if you're exposed, you won't have to quarantine. The NBA is already doing stuff like this. Yeah. Uh, Thoughts, because I guess you can't make it mandatory, but I, I just... I don't know. I just think it would help everybody to get it done, just to have it done. I think so, too. I, I think I think you're right about that. I read an article today about people that are just resistant to the vaccine because they have completely denied that COVID even existed. And, you know, some people have, you know, they just haven't gotten vaccines. or some people mm-hmm. that over the years that are like, no, I just that's just we don't do that in this family. Well, for whatever reason. Right. And the anti-vaxxers. Yeah, it was an interesting article to read Mm -hmm. because I'm like you. Like, look, if you get the vaccine that just gets us all back to where we'd like to be able to get whatever is normal going forward. And I can see where the NFL can't require it. But as long as and I'm curious to see as more vaccine thing next Monday, they're allowing all aged. Yeah. Everybody. Right. To go get a vaccine. And so I know. My wife's got an appointment. Hopefully, we're going to get one for the kids. I know I've got mine April fifth. So that's mm-hmm. my second shot. So, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be a great thing. But I could see. I think you're right. I think the NFL incentivizing would be kind of. It'd be interesting to watch. Listen, the NFL. You know this. The NFL has kind of been at the forefront of things. Remember they they say, oh, you can't do a virtual draft. They did a right. virtual draft. Oh, you can't play this season. 
Find a way right. to play the season. And now you can be in the draft room if you're vaccinated. And yeah. they're going to socially distance. There's some other things they're going to loosen up on. Okay, that's going to do it for the show tonight. We got to roll. Joanna saying, you're out of here, guys. Johnny, thanks so much. Yeah, and Mark, thank you. We'll be on tomorrow night talking more Texans stuff. And John McClain being on tonight. Thank you to him. This show will be on the Texans app soon enough. Have a great evening, everyone. And as always, go Texans. This is Texans Radio on Sports Radio 610.